The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already handed induced Judas, sign of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord. Does everybody have their lamb prepared, ready to go at home? Our first reading tonight said there is a perpetual institution by which every time we celebrated Passover, the family ought to gather together and select a single lamb that it could be slain and consumed for the feast. If you know your Old Testament, you know that if you didn't eat of the lamb, if you didn't have the lamb, you died that night. So again, I ask you, If you prepared your lamb. It's an important thing for us to ask ourselves. Through the ages the Lord God has been incredibly patient with us. Almost disgustingly patient sometimes. How many times have we read things of the Old Testament. Or even the things of the New Testament of the apostles. And we struggle to be patient with them. 
We see the things that they do and they go, how can they not have understood? They saw all of these miracles and yet, what? They don't follow. How could Peter abandon Jesus in the hour of his need as we'll celebrate tomorrow? It seems foolishness to us. It seems crazy. And yet the Lord is patient with them. Where sometimes we may be impatient, the Lord is infinitely patient. And we see it in countless ways. We see it in how he deals with us, in our sinfulness. But we see it especially in the ways that he works with us to help to bring us ultimately to the gift of salvation. For many centuries, thousands upon thousands of lambs were slain. Again, it's a fascinating thing to go back and read the historical accounts of how the large number of people celebrating the Feast of Passover meant that somewhere around a quarter of a million lambs would be killed for this feast. A quarter of a million. Now, I heard somebody trying to do the math one time about how many liters of blood a lamb has, and it doesn't really matter. Because in the end, a quarter of a million lambs slain in one particular spot, the temple in Jerusalem, was an absolute bloodshed. It was blood everywhere. It was poured out in the temple in great amounts, but then it was also dripped from place to place all through the streets. A sign of blood. It was that blood that Jesus himself knew frequently, having been a faithful Jew, having gone every year to celebrate Passover with his own family. And tonight with his disciples. The blood sprinkled all throughout the streets of Jerusalem. Leading to various homes. Was a sign of the blood of Jesus. The blood shed for us. Poured out in the temple and then taken out into the world. To transform. To purify and to sanctify. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. We hear that in the, in the prayers of the Mass tonight, specifically in the preface, of how the blood of Jesus comes to sanctify us, to change us, to convert us. The most precious blood of Jesus. The lambs, thousands upon thousands, slain every year, For over a millennia. All pointed to one sacrifice. They all anticipated one particular lamb. That would be slain. Namely Christ. On the Easter celebration. One of the great ancient hymns of the church. Reminds us Christ our Pasch has been slain. Christ our Passover. He is the Lamb who comes to offer himself for us out of love. And the beautiful thing is that Christ takes all the things of the Old Testament, all the signs and the symbols, and he brings them and he integrates them into what we have even here and now. Part of the commandment in the celebration of the Passover feast is that they would slay the Lamb. Then they would consume it. 
But it was also important that the blood of the lamb will be sprinkled on the doorposts of the house. To be able to mark this house as claimed for Christ. This is the Lord's house. The people who, have, who live here have offered the Passover. They've offered the sacrifice. They've slain the lamb and consumed him. And on account of these things, they have life. And the Lord Jesus Christ does the exact same thing with you and me. On the day of our judgment, the angel will pass over us, just as it did in ancient Egypt. And he looks for one thing. He looks at our lips. He looks at our lips. Because the angel of God, whenever he passed over in ancient Egypt, he didn't go into the house and investigate it and look in the trash and see if there were lamb bones. He didn't look and see if the dishes, you know, were, were, were kind of taken care of, if there, were, if there was remnants of lamb, if it smelled like lamb in the house. He didn't look for any of those things. The angel of God, as they passed over in ancient Egypt, they looked at the door, and when they saw the blood, they knew that they were faithful, and they passed on. They were preserved in life. And the same thing the Lord Jesus will do with us in our final judgment, he will look to our lips and see, is my blood there? Have you received my flesh and my blood? This is the guarantee of life. In a few months, we'll hear the regular three-year cycle of the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel. Where he says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have life, period. But if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life. He's not talking about life here. He's talking about eternal life. He comes to assure us that if we draw close to him, if we listen to his words, if we heed the things that he says, most especially the things of this night... This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. If we have faith in the first two and put into action the third, the angel of God will come to us on the day of our death, on the day of our final judgment, and he will look to our lips and they will see that they are purpled with the blood of Jesus Christ. From the times that we have come to Holy Mass, we have received him into our very flesh. Christ our past has been slain. And we come to consume him. And his blood sprinkled on the doorpost of our body. What a grace. The sacred triduum that we celebrate beginning tonight, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, culminating in Easter Sunday, the whole message is a message of life. Over and over and over again. We see it from all different facets. But the entire message is come have life. Tonight, we see a couple of vantage points of it. If we desire to have life, we must put others ahead of ourselves. In a few moments, we'll have 12 chairs lined up here in the sanctuary. And I will divest myself of my chasuble and place... The amice, which is a garment, uh, the priestly garment, uh, the first one that the priest wears. Uh, place the amice around my waist to be able to be humbled in, in imitation of Jesus Christ. To do 
the most mundane and lowly of tasks, the task of a slave to wash feet. If we desire life, both here and in the life to come, we must be a people of service. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's not an encouragement. It's a mandate. In fact, that's why they call it the mandate. The mandatum in Latin. As I have done, so also you must do. To humble ourselves that others might become first. To love others as we would love Christ. To serve them as we would serve Christ. In this we have life. The second facet that shows us the gift of life tonight is, of course, the Holy Eucharist. Again, going back to John chapter 6, that if we eat his body and drink his blood, we will have life. That doesn't mean that we'll become perfect. I wish it did. It would save me a lot of trouble and a lot of time in the confessional, both as a penitent and as a confessor. But the simple reality is that when we come to serve Jesus Christ, when we come to meet Christ, when we receive his body and blood in Holy Communion, it's the medication for our soul. Sometimes dramatic things happen. Some medications are taken only for a short time. When you have a headache, you take some Tylenol, and it fixes it. Headache gone. But there are other things that happen that continue to plague us where medication becomes a normal thing, a normal remedy for us. Anyone who here takes blood pressure medication or any kind of heart pills or any kinds of diabetic uh, insulin shots or any of these kinds of things knows you just don't skip it. (laughs) And that's exactly what the Eucharist is for us. It's both of those. Sometimes it's a thing that miraculously heals us. But more often than not, it's the medication of God for our soul to keep us on the straight and narrow, to keep our soul as healthy as we can possibly be. Imperfect though we are, it sanctifies us. And to the extent that we allow the Lord to sanctify us with this divine medication, we become holy because we become more like Christ. It's been said that while everything else that we consume, we consume it and it change, we change it into us. With the Eucharist, Christ consumes us. The Eucharist oddly works in reverse. When we receive communion, it's we who are consumed. Consumed with Christ. Consumed with life. And we taste life. In the days to come... We'll hear more about this great gift of life. Life in the cross. Life from the grave. Let us come. Come to be with our Lord. Come to taste of his time in need. His Eucharistic presence. His grace. His peace. Let's place our trust in the Lord. For he himself is the way, the truth, and the life.